I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Very pleased, very proud of the, the organisation of the team, the work ethic of the team. The thing we didn't get was the clinical finish to our chances when it was at 0-0. I think we restricted them a lot with the way we played, which is it's not easy here. We've seen that in recent weeks. Anthony Gordon is a tremendous prospect. He's a really, really good footballer. Mm. Um, there were two big penalty shouts. I'm interested in your view on, on, on both of them, really, Frank. I think they both could have been penalties, but probably you don't get them at Anfield. Um, I think it's a reality of the game. I had a game felt. There were a few other moments in the game that I think would probably be analysed. Um, but I think the fact that Anthony has contacts but gets booked is, is, is crazy for me. I can't see it. Um, and the second one, I haven't seen it back. It felt like it may have been a penalty, maybe not. Probably a foul on the pitch, which is a penalty. Um, but the reality is sometimes you don't get them here. Hello once again, Evertonians. This is the Toffee Web Podcast. I'm Paul Trail, Adam McCulloch and I, Lyndon Lloyd, are back to chat about the state of all things Everton. Following the Merseyside derby, which not surprisingly really ended in defeat for the Blues, but it was not the massacre many were fearing. And But for more infuriating refereeing, which I'm sure we'll get into, it might have been a bit different. There's no escape in the fact that the weekend's results left Everton sitting in the bottom three, but while matters remain in our hands, hope lives on that we can pull ourselves out of it. Fellas, how are we feeling? Uh, yeah, it's, I was just saying to Adam before we were on there, like, I think at the time, I remember like, the, the switching off afterwards, thinking, oh, we had a bloody good go there. You know, I'm, I'm farther than lads, and I still am. I thought they had a really good go and surpassed all the expectations, let's face it, in terms of like you know what, what everyone was expecting. Everyone I spoke to, blue or red, was just expecting Everton to get absolutely hammered. There was, you know, down the local cricket club on Saturday, speaking to a few mates to my other side, and that's your, you know, the Blues were just like, oh, yeah, God, is it going to be nine or ten? It's like, oh, come on, it's not going to, you know, so I didn't think it was going to be as bad as people were saying it was going to be, but um, I was still more surprised that we put up as much fight as we did. I was really proud of the effort they put in, and um, as the day, a couple of days have gone on since the derby, I just found myself just like, 
nagging sense of injustice, which I shouldn't be surprised by. Because let's face it, we've seen enough of these things before now. Um, but just uh, yeah, just feels like real, real letdown. And maybe it's just sinking in a bit more than as positive as I keep on trying to be. Maybe it's just sinking in a bit more than more now. It's like it, 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 you can't hide from the fact, can you, that we're in a relegation? In fact, you can no longer really say, ah, we'll be okay, we'll be okay. You know, it's really sort of, it's, it's probably sunk home for a lot more people, a lot of people quicker than it has done for me, perhaps. But um, yeah, I'm still hopeful the Blues can can fight enough to get out of it. They've certainly shown enough enough fights in the last few games to do that. They put put in that much effort in the next uh, the next few games, they'll be fine. And I expect the other teams to drop points around us still. Burnley on a little bit of a run. That won't continue. They're not going to go and win every game. You know what I mean? Leeds they've got a bit of a run now. They watched them last night and bloody hell, they're, they're giving it a good go in terms of effort. But I don't see them scoring many goals up in the final third. They haven't got a lot there. And Palace were not the best, but still create a lot of chances. So you you hope that in that run they've got, they'll concede enough chances and still be poor in front of goals. So just hope there when the games are there. Um, let's just hope the lads really realised what an effort they put in and people were proud of what they did on on um, on on um, on a Sunday. And they'll see the support that they're going to get these next few games. And um, let's hope that they can really sort of realise that and focus that they put in a great effort there. And if they keep on doing that, They'll probably probably be okay. Yeah, I, I I saw it much the same way, but I I came away from it. I I wasn't really angry at the time. Yeah, the sort of overriding feeling that, that there was despondency because obviously you know you see the you know the concrete fact we're in the bottom three. Obviously you know losing to them, um, it's disappointing. But yeah, you you take away what was essentially a, a really you know almost certainly for two thirds of a game, like the perfect away performance, you know, uh, looking dangerous on the break, tight the back, frustrating them, getting a rise out of them. Um, really sort of everything you want it to be, but it, it really is. I mean, it, even today watching my highlights back and just sort of going over it again. And I, I, I got more angry now watching it again, because I still just cannot fathom. And I, I know it's, it's not necessarily, you know, we don't know how the game would have gone. If uh, certainly if the sort of second Gordon penalty, the more sort of clear and obvious one, shall we say, which wasn't even looked at, um, was given. Um, if we'd have converted it, because obviously you know they they did sort of rally after that point with the substitutions they made. But it's it's not the first time, is it? We you know it's 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 happened multiple times um, over over the course of the season, but in in pivotal games. Um, during this this tough run we've had, um, the Alan decision with the Newcastle game, obviously the Rodri handball, um, and obviously you can go further back into into other games where we've we've been sort of undone by either, you know, poor officiating on the pitch or just a complete lack of you know responsibility away from it uh, to sort of give whoever's you know officiating the game that helping hand they needed, which Atwell probably did in that game because he didn't really ever seem to fully get a grip on it. Um, it's 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 very frustrating. Um, but as, as you say, Paul, I think hopefully the players they either channel that injustice or they or they take heart from the fact that yeah, we you know arguably form wise, you know the best football inside in the country at the minute. I still think City will win the league. Um, I really really hope we do. But um, I think um. I think you know, like I say, we we, we frustrate them, and and we, I, I think I think we deserve more from the game, even though the stats might not 
necessarily back that up on paper. I think, you know, watching the game, we, we deserve more. And hopefully that's what the players will will take from it going into, you know, what's another massive game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the people can harp on about the stats, but I mean, Everton went with a game plan and it almost worked. You know, you can talk about, yeah, okay, they only had 17% of the possession, but that was that was the game plan. That was the whole point. And if you play that way and you come out with, you know, either a surprise win or a draw, I mean, that's that's fair enough. Well played, fair play and all the rest of it. Um, I, it the game for me went more or less as I expected. I actually didn't expect us to get thrashed at all because I expected that we would set up the way that we set up, which is finally, after how many weeks of saying it, that you know he finally set us up away from home the way we should have been set up, almost since he came in, you know, or at least after that that Spurs result, which really should have been a wake up call. Um, I think if we'd played that way away from home ever since Lampard took charge, we'd have more points on the board, you know, certainly a, a few more draws on the board, and then, you know, as we know, every point counts. Um, so. I'm hoping that that's that's now going to be the template, and I'm expecting and hoping that there will be some of that on Sunday against Chelsea. Um, you know, obviously we're gonna not gonna sit back the way entirely the way we did at, at Anfield, but I think we need to incorporate some of that uh, that compactness, that discipline, that that you know sort of um, low block at times against what is again another very good footballing team. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think um, the, the the performance. There was so much to take away from that, just in terms of um, you know the organisation, but also just the the spirit and the effort. Um, it's it's unfortunate that the gulf is so big between the two teams that we had to set up the way that we did. But I mean, you know, I can't have um, many arguments with the way that any of those any of the players really played. Um, you know, special mention to Michael Keane for the way that he played stepping in. You know, the way that when when Godfrey was. Uh, was ruled out. Um, I thought he was really good. Um, yeah, the, when you look at the replay for the, um, as I think it's the, the second goal, Origi's goal. I mean, some of the positioning on the defenders is really pretty bad, but I think that really was a, a rare mistake on, on an afternoon when, you know, they, they really were having to have their backs to the wall for so long that ultimately something's going to happen. You get your mistakes are going to happen. You can't be perfect for 90 minutes. And unfortunately that's just the way it turned out. Um, but I thought the way that Mikalenko shackled Salah for almost 90 minutes was, was really, really impressive for a player that we've kind of had question marks on, on the beginning. He's really sort of settled into the, in, in, into the league and into the role. And so that's really positive. Um, you know, when you when you look back at it, I think the the one, the one the one, the one shame about it is the fact that on the very few opportunities that we did have, we didn't really work Allison at all, um, and that really is that that's where my concern lies over the remaining games is we're just not creating enough chances and we're not being clinical and we're not scoring goals and that's really the. Um, that's what I'm hoping changes, obviously, over the over the last few games. But otherwise, I mean, from a defensive standpoint, it was it was really excellent. I think the um, the, the the criticism that was well, it was only really from Liverpool fans, to be fair, wasn't it? The criticism we were getting for the way we the way we set up and all that. I was like, whoa, seventeen percent possession. Alan completed two passes and all that. But it's all well good having a go at a team if they just come in and do that and do literally nothing and just do that. If yeah. everyone go in and do that and create quite a lot of chances let's be fair I, don't, I, I doubt too many teams create that many openings at Anfield you're right you need to be more clinical for sure 
we're gonna have to come on to the penalty because we have to. You know, it's um, you know, it, you, teams that that should be a penalty. Absolutely, that yeah, you know, that, that that second one. It's um, and you don't want to go too vancy or anything like that. But I'm just I was listening to a couple of the other um, so Everton podcasts the last couple of days and on the commentary as well. I, um, if you ever sick of Jamie Carragher on the commentary, just I, I just listened to the Everton commentary and just watched it on a little bit of a pause. And so I had like the Everton's uh, official commentary. That was a lot more. I'm sure a lot better than uh, than having to suffer to suffer that. But it was you were saying that well, like is it four penalties at Anfield and 74 games for the opposition? Some of that no penalties mm-hmm. against Liverpool and 44 games or something like that. Yeah, I mean it's it's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? It, it, it couldn't be more clear that there's that that, that bias there. I mean, we've seen that in these last uh, in, in both end games now against Liverpool and Manchester City. I think City are second on that list, by the way, of number of games about giving away a penalty. You know what I mean? So it's um. I think when Man United were like the big team back in the day, do you remember it was just like a it was like a couple of a couple of years between a penalty and then you saw Roy Keane and Yapstam charge at the referee, yelling at him and all that. And Liverpool fans were up in arms about that then. And now it's just like <laughs> Joey Ryan, it's just forgetting about like oh Salah's dived for this. It's like no, no, Gordon's a diver. No, that it's stuff like that. And just like the carry on to it's really done my head and um over the last couple of days. And you think like it should just be a case of like, well, we got we got a bit lucky with that and Mane could have been sent off and all that. Like, but no, we still mm-hmm. gotta be like, oh uh, you know, this plus possession and oh he's a diver and this and that. It's like, come on, we you're really gonna go do we really have to go back and look at sort of we could we could just stop at the top of our heads book up a number of games where we've been hard done to in these games against Liverpool and their players have dived and caused problems, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So the the criticism we've had from that just hasn't been fair at all. Um so if we'd have got that penalty, as we and I think we were equally fair after the the um the, the Man City game and you know, say look, it's it's just denied us that chance. And who's the, who knows if we'd have scored that goal if they hadn't gone and scored again. We don't know, but it just denies us that opportunity. If we'd have gone a goal up and then, you know, just have that chance and the goal, um, the second goal, yeah, I think we were probably a little bit ragged by then. We'd, we'd, um, yeah, we'd withstood so much pressure. Um, amazing how many corners they, they, we conceded and defended very, very well. I was really, really proud of them. And um, it's a big element of luck as well, isn't there, with that goal? It's, um, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a speculative effort. It could have bounced any which way. It bounced that we were a bit, they were a bit overloaded on the back post. And yeah, okay, you can look, at, you can pick it apart, but. In that heat at the moment, if that goes a different direction, you're not really thinking about it. You know, I mean, it's just one of them sort of things. It was, that was a bit unlucky. So yeah, just um, I'm not finding it easier to get over with time yet. I thought I would have done over a couple of days, and as as we get closer to the Chelsea game, I'll be a bit more pumped for that, I'm sure. And I, I can imagine that being a, an amazing atmosphere, even though it's a two o'clock kickoff. You can just you can already sense it again, can't you? I think everyone's gonna be right behind it just to realise the importance of it. So. Yeah. I think over the next few days, I'll hopefully start looking forward to that a bit more and looking back at the derby a little bit less. And I need to for my own sanity because it's, uh, yeah, it's been a, been a miserable day or two. But we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to. It shouldn't get easier over time. It sh- we shouldn't have to be dealing with and, and more or less just throwing our hands up and saying, well, that's just the way it is. That is just the way <laughs> yeah. it is, but it shouldn't be. I mean, and it's absolutely infuriating because there's no accountability or recourse that if you, you know, it just makes you actually, which makes you want to smash something. I was, was so angry about it because you know there's no dialogue from the from the referees afterwards. There's no real explanation. You get you know you get your PGMOL representatives a couple of days afterwards, either saying, oh yeah, we know they had a point, or you know that, that we backed the decision. And either way, it doesn't make any difference because the result's not going to change. Um, yeah, and what alternative does Frank Lampard or any other manager who gets shafted by these decisions? Um, 
you know, in games against, and let's face it, it's it's the big clubs. It's this big club mentality. You can set aside any conspiracy theories and, you know, corrupt and, and rig league, you know, you can kind of go down rabbit holes if you want. But at the end of the day, there's undeniably a, a, a an unconscious bias or unconscious pressure that goes along with refereeing in against the big teams and the referees then having to face the the scrutiny from sky and, and all the rest of it and the, the pundits on on decisions that they've made against the big teams and that's obviously what's 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 playing into decisions like the the Rodrian ball and you know that that Anthony Gordon decision because it was a foul it was a penalty it was more more actually more of a penalty than Dominic Calvert-Lewin's that, that Liverpool bitched so much about you know, it was it was a push in the back. He stood, he trod on his foot, and any um, any serious look at a replay would have would have um, you know deduced that. And the fact that they didn't, and we have no idea how long Darren England looked at it if he did at all. Um, but at the end of the day, he he should be sending the referee to the monitor because the, the whole point of VAR is to get the decisions right. It's not supposed to protect the referee's ego or the referee's. You know the referees' union—they're not going to tread on each other's toes. The, the whole idea was supposed to be to get these decisions right. Um, so, you know, I mean, Lampard was quite within his rights to complain about it. Um, I don't think he's going to get fined, but if he gets fined, who cares? Take the fine, keep doing it. You know, I mean, these 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 guys earn enough money; um, they can they can absorb the 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 fines. And, and I say, build a narrative. Not only among the the managers, but also in the media. If there's a coordinated, um, you know, they have papers like the Daily Mail and the Sun. They have you know have these. We have our campaign. If there's a if there's a if there's, if there's if there is a sustained campaign by the newspapers to con- continually call out where this where the league and the referees are failing and how it is damaging the brand of the league, then something will change. But until that happens, and I don't think it ever will. Um, I don't see it changing. So, you know, again, we would we have won had we got the penalty? Perhaps not. But as as with last season, when a team's got something to defend and, you know, scrap tooth and nail for, which obviously we were scrapping tooth and nail for a point. But, you know, if you get your noses in front, it changes the game. Goals change games. And that's the other thing from the from the brand and the product perspective is that, you know, Everton score and Liverpool per se, they go on to win 2-1. I mean, that's a better spectacle television spectacle for your audience than Liverpool just winning routine 2-0. I mean, you've got, you know, you've got something, some excitement in the game. So I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's really, really infuriating at this point. It is. There's no other word for it. It's infuriating. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm also glad Lampard came out. I mean, the fact is, yeah, if, if he has to pay a fine, that's one thing, you know, there's a repercussion for him, but not for anyone making these decisions, as you say, it just goes, right. it goes, you know, completely unchecked. Um, the only way that it would be checked, as you say, is the media. I mean, if you watch the the Sky Sports YouTube highlight, and there's there's two examples of this, and this is the kind of thing. There's, I'm, I'm more annoyed about one than the other. The first one, the actual sort of three minute, you know, what happened in the game, uh, doesn't even show it. Um, oh, doesn't show it. So you you you, no you wouldn't know that happened. Um, I think I think you do see Gordon dive though. So there's that narrative, um, <laughs> and that just and that will continue ad nauseum now. Um, and then the second clip that uh, Sky put up, which to be fair has got a bit of sort of you know a riposte on um, on Twitter. Um, EF, EFC Stato put something up in response to it. Was was the, the Alan you know 
only only made you know one successful pass for yeah and and it and it shows the the five passes he didn't make four of which are like tackles basically they're not passes um any of started rightly said well he only got the ball like once uh, i can't remember the exact numbers but you know he, he he wasn't there to do that he was there to break up the play which he did he frustrated him for his entire time on the pitch it just completely changed the narrative so you've got and it, it was just a bizarre thing to pull out of that game um and that's where kind of like, you know, it sounds like nitpicking and it's a kind of thing if you said to like, I don't know, if you met a, I don't know, a Palace fan in the street and you went, I've got a bone to pick with you. Sky Sports have put up a compilation of Alan failed passes. What, you know, they, they quite rightly asked, well, why are you annoyed about it? It's like, well, the fact is it's, it's always that way. It's always geared towards, um, you know, sides like us. Um, whereas... Instead, we have to deal with, you know, like, oh, yeah, Diaz came on and did a little flick. Um, you know, let's not talk about Mane gouging someone in the eye. Because, again, like, that's that's an, that's another one of those decisions which um, they'd be up in arms about. Um, the ref would go and view it on the monitor, and that would be that. We spent about four minutes pouring over the Alan tackle against Newcastle. We've had it so many other times mm-hmm. where things have been slowed down. I mean, the Gordon one, I mean, if, if you don't see it in real time, which it looks a pen in real time, let's be fair, mm-hmm. but you, you slow it down and you see it. You see, you see the tread on the foot as if the push wasn't enough, but the tread on the foot straight away, why, why has that not been seen? But then if it's not being discussed about afterwards, like you say, where, where is the room for change? Because, you know, as far as the product's concerned, everyone's happy, you know, everyone's, everyone's gone out happy with it, you know, the sort of, you know, double-sided scarves and had a great day out. No, no one, there's no... Yeah, and your title race is still on. Yeah, no. it, it's still yeah. on. It's still a, it's still a, a two-team title race uh, between, you know, two titans of the industry, whereas, you know, for us, what does it matter? Um, and it's, it's, it's very, very, very frustrating. As I say, I think, you know, hopefully... It's not the kind of thing that costs us because I mean it, it costs us a game in the sense that 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 was a time where, like I say, we, we, we were still threatening them on the break. We still looked really good when we broke. Um, it, it's something we spoke about kind of last time out. Those those little moments, that bit of composure. Um, it, it was sometimes just a little bit rushed from uh, Gordon and Iwobi, but like I, I can't fault them because it, they were doing so so much work. And when we did break, they looked really quick. They were beating men, they were winning free kicks mm. in good positions. Um, and, and Gordon, in that instance, does great. You know, he, he gets the ball into him, he beats a man, and it's you know he, he's illegally stopped. Um, so it's it's very frustrating because if we'd have if we'd have got that goal, then like you say, it would have been something to hold on to. Could have been a famous win. Um, could have got us a point, might not have, but it would have given us, as you say, something to hold on to. And the fact that even after the game, it's only really us who seem to have a bee in a bonnet about it and Lampard, you know, it's it's not really been widely discussed. And it, it just it, it just seems as though that's the way it is. And as you say, you know, what recourse is there other than to just sort of, you know, complain about it and hope that someone else kind of takes on the cause. But it's, it's probably not going to happen, mm-hmm. is it? They don't even bother brushing it on the carpet anymore. They just leave it there and step over yeah. and carry on, don't they? It's just not yeah. even it's just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> it's not even like a, a statement afterwards or anything. It's just nothing. 
I, think, I can't believe we're getting... I mean, the amount of diving you're seeing in the Premier League from all clubs. I'm not saying like any single club. Mm-hmm. We're as bad as ever. You know, they're, they're, all clubs. I watched... I watched it, was, it was the lad on, on loan from Chelsea. Um, Gallagher, mm-hmm. is it? For part. I watched him like, flinging himself around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere last night um, at the match. And so, I'm not I'm not condoning diving whatsoever. But I don't... I, the way and, and Until they get serious about diving and, say, and, and start making it, like, you know, using VAR properly to sort of call out divers and making it more of a punishment than just a yellow card... I don't think you can. It's unfair to sort of sporadically go. Oh, like you, you're booked for diving. You know, every every, every so often. You know what I mean? Like, it, mm-hmm. it, it's ridiculous. And obviously, and I'm sure nearly everyone, <laughs> every Evertonian WhatsApp group was uh, chatting about this. But uh, at, at half time, it's like if that's uh, the first one, Gordon got booked for. If that's Salah at the other end, it's a penalty yeah. probably. And if it's not, if he does, if, if 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 he doesn't give a penalty for it, there's no way in God's earth he's going to set the president and go, oh, but you're booked, Salah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely no way. You know what I mean? And that, then Gordon's got that yellow for the rest of the game. Trent should have been booked early in the game for pushing him in the back. And then later on, Trent just sives through. And by the way, Stuart Atwell's a VAR ref for the, for the game against Newcastle, wasn't he? He decided, oh, you've got to look at this for the for Alan's red card. He just watched uh, Trent just sive right through him, probably a little bit worse, than what Alan, well, a lot worse maybe than what Alan, Alan did. And, and he just, so why, why is he the ref for that game, just given an inconsistency so recently, by the way? I mean, he's a pretty poor ref anyway, isn't mm-hmm. he? But it just seemed bizarre that he, he got given that game. And, yeah, he was just bothering himself about stupid things, wasn't he? Like, is, is the ball in the quadrant there for the corner, Anthony? And stuff like that. It was just like, um, he was a really poor referee. It was, I was made up with the core. He swiped that lad out to when Richarlison was down and just made up with the lad getting <laughs> yeah. stuck into the melee there. It was just like, get in there, lad. You're doing, you know what I mean? They, they, uh, like I say, I'm so proud of the fellas and they'll keep up that fight. I'm, I'm convinced these next few games. That's the thing. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, sorry, go on. Think go on. I was, I was going to say, I, I don't mind as well the likes of uh, you know, the Liverpool fans getting on at Gordon and Richarlison because the fact is it, it shows they were worried. I think those two looked dangerous and they were causing them problems every time mm-hmm. on the break. I don't necessarily mind that. Um, what I do mind... and I, Gordon was terrific, oh, he's, he's, I thought. He, he was class. He, was, he, was, mm. he, he looks like he belongs at this level. I think, like, you know, he, he really is maturing. Um, he, he was beating men. His touch was great. Um is, is touching the build up to, to, to the dive. And even that one, uh, like, there is a bit of contact. Yeah, he milks it. And I think I think the frustrating thing with that is, like you say, it's, it's, it's the booking more than anything because I think you could you could book five players on each, each side if someone's doing that. He's, he, he's not exactly like, you know, completely fresh aired it. Um, but I think, um, yeah, the, uh, the fact that, yeah, Richarlison and Gordon were, were sort of. They were concerning him, but yeah, but the I think you mentioned it in your match report, Lind, about um, it's more that kind of narrative now that he is a player who dives, um, and now does that maybe sort of play on the referee's mind? Because it certainly did in the second half. Does that then go? You know, does he sort of carry that a little bit? Um, hopefully not, because um, I, th- I think he, he is someone who he's, he's going to win off set pieces in you know advanced areas because of his pace. And mm-hmm. um, but yeah, very frustrating. But it's the whole narrative around Richarlison as well. I mean, the, the reason why Jamie Carragher is telling him to get up is because, you know, and I wrote an article a couple of seasons ago on on, on Richarlison going down too easily or or at least not so much going down too easy because the guy, I mean, the, the lad does get kicked around the pitch a lot. Um, it's the, you know, the rolling over and, and looking like he's sustained a, you know, a season ending injury and then he gets up and two minutes later he's running around fine. That, the more that happens, that, you know, the more that plays into um, 
into a narrative that that sometimes he's either feigning injury or he's um, you know making things look worse than they are, and the same thing is then going on with with Gordon because I mean I I was quite surprised I was listening to the game podcast which is another one of these infuriatingly um, big six centric you know um, newspaper backed podcasts but Hugh Hugh Wozencraft had made a point on that saying Anthony Gordon's going to get a reputation for diving if if he doesn't stop what he's doing and I was like well where does that come from um, and I know the incident that he was talking about was against Manchester United when he you know, because the lad, he just takes off. And he's, when you're running full flight, any contact is going to take you down and it's going to look, you know, if if, the, if there's not sufficient contact to, to warrant a penalty, it's going to look like he's throwing himself to the floor. But if you're running the, at that speed, you're going to go down. And that, and that was, I forget who, I forget who clipped his heels, but it was, you know, it was, it was, it could have, could quite easily have been called a foul, but it wasn't. Um, but I think that's, that was that was obviously a sign that there is this this narrative that's going to start building in the media against Gordon, and it does play into refereeing decisions. And the same thing when Andy Johnson was labelled a diver, he wasn't getting decisions, yeah. you know, even legitimate ones. And so that's the problem: is the onus is now on the Everton players to be absolutely whiter than white. Um, you know, Anthony Gordon can't embellish a. Uh, um, an incident like he did when there was contact in the box, and yes, he threw himself to the floor and rolled around a bit too much, and and made it made it look worse than it was. Um, but that should not color the next decision the referee makes, which is the the penalty decision that he doesn't give. You know, but that's just that's that's where we are, and unfortunately, um, it, it does mean that that uh, every single incident, our players have to have to have the um, you know the the presence of mind, or constantly be thinking about how is this going to influence refereeing decisions, and it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way at all. Especially with VAR, what's uh, what's what's the, what's the well, use? Exactly, of that's the whole yeah. point of VAR, and and it's not being used the way that they said it was going to be used. And it's not consistently no. used. That's the thing, you know. Um, you know, because what what why are we pouring over some marginal calls that are made right in front of the referee, and then that one. I mean, if if it got a look for penalty in the second half, then it must have literally just been a glance, and he's gone. Nah, probably not. It was a lad before. That's it. But wh- wh- whereas, what? Why? Why are we going into forensic detail over things that may or may not be? There's, there's zero consistency. If it had been Salah, it would have been poured over. Yeah, completely. You know? And the irony being that that Mo Salah has has a, a, an entire reel on Twitter of of just ridiculous dives, <laughs> like ridiculous yeah. flopping to the floor, you know, bare bare contact. And that's the frustrating thing is that ultimately, when it comes down to it, if you are a big enough name, you are going to get um, either the oversight or, the, as you say, the forensic looks at these things that you would want. Um, or you get the decisions, you know, outright. I mentioned earlier about Man United back in the day, and like you know, they, they was I think Mike Riley gave them like eleven penos at home in one season, and they went, went years about getting a penalty given against them, etc. They could be biased then, and there wasn't really a lot you could do about it because there wasn't VAR. Now there's bias, and there's a lot you can do about it because of VAR, mm-hmm. and nothing's yeah. being done about it. That's what it just kind of makes it even more obvious that there's a you know that there's um clear bias towards the big teams. You got this like oh great we're using video technology, but we're only going to apply it as and when it suits. You know what I mean? It's um 
it's farcical. It's again, it's not like Everton. If we'd have got that penalty, it would have been a bit of a fluke. A bit more like say the when we got the draw there that time and there. Don't want Carl Carver Lewin got fouled and got the penalty. You know, what I mean, we weren't really in that game. We didn't really, let's be fair, have much right to get anything from that game, but we sneaked it. You know, what I mean, that, that's not the case in this one. You know, what I mean, that's that, that's Everton have a, a real good game plan, a real good go, doing everything they can to get the, you know to to get a goal, breaking forward, not just sitting there, doing what they can, being positive, being proactive, and then it's just denied for that and other like say other reasons as well potential red cards. I'd, I'd say Richardson perhaps could have been sent off at the end as well, but that wouldn't have affected the results. Mm. I'm, bl- I'm bloody glad he didn't because obviously that would be out, I'm out for some, some crucial games coming up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, if, if, let's be as fair as we can, but like that wouldn't have had any impact on the result whatsoever with Charleston getting sent off, you know? So um, it's, you know, you, you can moan about that as well, but that, that's not impacting anything else in the game. Um, that The other things that, that happened when there when the could have been, been red card, Jota as well, he swung yeah. an elbow, didn't he? You know what I mean? Like, um, which, mm-hmm. which ended up a three kicks to Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, you know, and... Like say Mane, the penalty, plenty went against us. Now that's the other way around, as we've said before. You never hear the end of this. You know what I mean? Imagine, imagine Everton would have gone there and won two 0 and they didn't get them decisions. You wouldn't. Oh my word! Can you imagine the uproar? Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. Remember what happened with Calvert Lewin? Can you imagine the uproar from Klopp? Do you imagine the uproar from the fans? We'd, Bloody you'd hell! Probably have a newspaper you know. campaign, wouldn't you? Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, you get it down, uh, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, well it, it helps. It helps when most of the pundits on these shows are from well, yeah. one club. I mean, there's Carragher and Sunes, and you go back to Jamie Redknapp, and I mean, the, the list goes on. You know, um, Steve McManaman, John Barnes. I mean, just the, the number of ex-Reds that are uh, Danny Murphy that are on, you know, on on these shows as pundits. It's uh, not a beggar's belief, actually, but <laughs> I suppose it shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been like that for a long time as well, hasn't it? You know, like even go back yeah. like Alan Green and people like that. It's always been, it's just been that Hansen, way, hasn't it? And, yeah, Hanson, yeah, Lovinson, you know what I mean? So, Thompson. And we, and we have uh, Andy, <laughs> Andy Hinchcliffe, who always likes to put the boot in for some reason. Yeah. And then uh, the likes of Leon, <laughs> yeah, like Leon Osman, is, he's actually pretty good, but he's so he's so fair. Yeah, and so mm. literally, like Leon, come on, give us, yeah. a, give us, you know, give us something. But um, yeah, anyway, okay. So obviously, bottom three now, uh, the two points behind Burnley. Um, you know, it, it's it's while it's still in our hands, then I think we have to, uh, no, we have to remain optimistic. Um, you know, home home matches against Chelsea, when the chips have been down before. We know we've been been able to pull <clears throat> pull things out the bag, um, and Chelsea are Chelsea are in a, in, a, in a weird psychological space right now themselves. I mean, obviously, I think they've got not you know, top three is probably the third place is probably sewn up at this point as good as, um, and so and, and you've got this 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 whatever's going on with um, with Thomas Tuchel and some of his some of his players. They they sort of you know bounce from big win to horrendous defeat obviously they lost at home to Bo- uh, to Brentford so there's obviously opportunity for us in this game um and i think if we can if we can build on on the good parts of of the liverpool defeat then i think we we clearly have a chance don't we I wonder if they might not really fancy it. I don't know. It's um, they play Man United on Thursday away, don't they? And then they're, then they're obviously off to Goodison on Sunday. So mm. we've got more rest. We've got a bit of time to, to recover, obviously, and get and prepared. They, they they've got limited time. Granted, they got a big squad and they have got a lot of really good players. So might not have that much of a bearing. But yeah, they're not in a good place, are they? So I think I think probably getting knocked out of the Champions League, having played very very well at, um, at Real Madrid. 
probably seems to knock the stuffing out of them a little bit. And then they obviously got everything that's going on. They can't, uh, are they allowed the, the supporters in the ground? I mean, they, I know the season's like a whole as well. Is that still the case? Or are they allowed fans in properly at Stamford Bridge now? I'm, I'm not too sure. You know, with the sanctions that they had. Um, mm. I'm not too sure. But you, you got Rudiger wanting to leave. They've got a lot of problems, haven't they, at the club? Um, so, yeah, I, I watched them. I watched a bit of the West Ham game before the derby. And um, West Ham, obviously, stiff competition. They, they always put up a good effort. But they didn't look great, Chelsea. They sneaked it at the end. They looked a bit, a bit half arsed to be honest. Mm. They just looked a bit. I don't know whether, whether you're right, Lynn. Yeah, you know, they might have that feeling we've nailed it. If they, in a way, if they beat Man United ahead of our game, I'd say that pretty much guarantees they got third, more or less. That 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 really sort of uh, tightens that screw there. So might help if they win that one. Then he might be a little bit extra switched off, perhaps against us. But I don't suppose we could, should really focus too much on them. I think. Um, Focus on what what will happen at Goodison. The crowd will be electric. The players will be will be up for it. I think the players will be well up for the battle. I wonder if they might just ever might just kick them off the park a little bit in this one. To be fair, I don't mean and that in in a sense of crazy gang sort of type, but just really sort of getting into them. Yeah, I mean like into the way we see in Everton do. Maybe more on the Moyes and when the yeah when the chips have been down, we've had to come out and fight. And I can just sense that Everton Everton effort there. I can sense Everton mm-hmm. coming out that one and. I, we don't know how it'll go. I'm not too sure. Um, I presume Burnley play before us because we are playing on Sunday. I'm not too sure yeah, if they play Saturday Watford, or. Isn't it? I think they they play at Watford. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and Watford are at that point point now that if they don't win that, then they're kind of done, aren't they? You would you would have thought. You could argue yeah. they are anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, so that's probably win total win or boss for Watford. So yeah, you know, so a bit of luck that. Yeah, I could have, but I just don't think. I think Burnley. I, while they've had a few good wins, I think they could easily have a few quick defeats as well. You know what I mean? I, don't, I know they got a reasonable running, and I don't know. I think you said before, Lyndon. Um, oh, I'm a bit more focused on Leeds now than than um, than Burnley. I'm not so much. I, don't, I think that could go either way. To it could go any of three ways between those three, to be honest. Um, I feel, but um, yeah. Well, Leeds, Leeds are playing City. Yeah. Then they go to Arsenal. Then they're home to Chelsea. They're so, home to Brighton, which is the one that you would expect that they might get three points from, and then they're at Brentford on the last day. That's that's a run of fixtures that I wouldn't want, mm-hmm. and it's similar to yeah, ours. Uh, it's similar to ours, but you know, on paper, we're still we still have better players. And you can argue we've got we've got the worst of our bad run out of the way now. Arguably, you'd say after yeah. Sunday, you'd think looks yeah. easy. Whereas for for Leeds, it's kind of like the worst is still to come. So there is. Yeah, that. I mean, I think the big thing for them is whether they can get Patrick Bamford back for any of those games because he's he's massive for them. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it 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 is going to be close. But I mean, you know, if if City do the business at Ellen Road, um, where they play on on the Saturday, they're the late game on Saturday. Mm. Um, so then we're what are we two points behind Leeds if we can beat Chelsea. Yeah, having played. Sorry, I'm just going to pull up the table now because I keep forgetting how many how many um, <laughs> how many games Leeds have played. Leeds have played with 33. We've played 32. So we'll have a game in hand on them. If all goes well this weekend, we're two points behind them with a game in hand. Um, you know, and the same could be true of Burnley, even if Burnley wins. So it's it's gonna it's gonna go down to the wire. It really is, and it's obviously those. After after this weekend, the th- obviously those key games for us are Brentford home, Palace home, and Watford away. Those are the three key ones. The thing with Leeds is it's 
we're in a similar position, aren't we? Where they're trying to get Bamford fit, and we've obviously been missing Calvert Lewin. Um, I know Calvin Phillips, I think, sort of come back in for them. Um, he's a big player for them. Uh, Burnley, I mean, Burnley have a weeks on paper, but annoyingly they've just picked up a few wins from their winnable games at just the right time. Um, but I, well, they're good at home, aren't they? Yeah, they're always it's it's always a difficult place to go, no matter what form they're in. Yeah, and the worry is, I, I think you alluded to it with Villa, but you could argue it with some of the other ones, is that like their games, it's not necessarily, because I feel like every game is hard in this division, but they're more likely to have the sort of dead rubber fixtures, whereas ours, you know, there's probably a bit more to play for, for the likes of obviously Watford, uh, Chelsea arguably, depending on how their result goes midweek. Um, Arsenal last game of the season, you'd think they, they, they're they going to have something to play for, probably for uh, fourth position, whereas but but Leeds have definitely got the, t- the tougher run of fixtures, I think, you know. Um, and that's a thing. But there's also maybe that, again, a, a little similar to us, that, that, which, to, to be honest, we've not seen as much of recently, but we, we have, obviously, in patches of season, that, that kind of brittleness, I think. I think there's that, there's that sense that a bad result for them could really just flip it back the other way. Um, I, I, if, if I'm being positive, I think we can catch both, but... You know, obviously, you, you, you really you just want one of them to implode, don't you? One will do. One will do. It's like that one where if you, both your two 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 mates have been chased by the bear, says I only have, don't have to, <laughs> I only have to outrun the bear. I only have to unru- outrun you. That's that's kind of. Way I mean, as, as the third addition to this lineup, I uh, I don't fancy my chances right. you know, uh, in that scenario. But uh, yeah, I think. Um, so, <laughs> no, I was just going to say I was going to talk about what sort of um, what what sort of lineup we can expect against Chelsea. I mean, I, it, we don't really know who's going to be fit, do we? we don't know if Godfrey's mm. going to be ready or Van der Beek's going to be ready. Um, I thought um, that uh, Abdoulaye Decoré looked um, better off for having had a bit of a rest. I think he he was back to more of the uh, the Decoré that we know against Liverpool. Um, that that kind of link man between the, the the front and back, and sort of fulfilling that um, that presence on the counter attack like like he did against um, at Chelsea um, back in December. Um, so yes, yeah, so if Van der Beek's not fit, then obviously I would I would expect to see um, the the Decore might sort of might, might come back into the side. Um, but then I, I suppose you got the question of, of Fabian Delph. I'd actually like to see all three of them in there. Mm. Um, but then you obviously got the question of where, where does a Wobi fit in? Um, you, you'd think that Gordon's it, got to play, but it's it's we've got we've got options again if 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 those lads are fit, which is nice. And then there's also this uh, this this kind of wild card of of Deli Ali, who's um, I, I still listening to one of the other podcasts. There was still Rick Bat's been been sent his way. And I think he's actually when he's come on, he's he's actually made a bit of a difference. Um, he's not the the kind of all you know the, the sort of sort of tackling holding midfield type. Of course, he's not. Um, but you know, he's he's obviously played a part in the goal against Leicester, and he had a good cross at, uh, against Liverpool that that, that might have caused um, some grief as well. So um, it's positive now that we've actually got some options. I'd like to see Deli Ali get a game in there, um, whether that's in place of a Wobi or whether I know Wobi's done done much better in the middle than he has on the wing for sure. Um, and I don't want to displace him as such, but 
don't know, would he, will you get just more running out of Ruby than, than you would from, say, Gray? I don't know if you put him on, on, on one side. And I'd just like Delhi to get a bit of a... I think you've got, if you've got like an hour, an, an hour lot of Delhi and, you know, and we get a goal or two in that. I mean, it's that's 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 one problem. The big problem we've got is we're not scoring goals. And I think Delhi's He's, he's always he always finds his nearly always finds his player you know he's he's, he's very he's very good around it. He, he's he must give other players confidence because he's 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 happy come passing to them when they're in tight positions he gives you know and you know it's he demands more from other players basically is what I'm trying to say you know and I think Delhi yeah it's can't it's 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 hard to fathom that we haven't actually he hasn't started the game yet. And uh, so, you know, haven't signed him in January. I think when we signed him and Van der Beek, for oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be safe for them guys where they get in the team and all that. And it's been Van der Beek's been disappointing, hasn't he, with his like lack of availability and not having to go at him personally. But it's been it's been frustrating the the injuries he keeps pulling up with various ones. That, 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 that's a bit of a disappointment. But um, Delhi, yeah, I think certainly the last two he, he had a big hand in the goal against Leicester, didn't he? He had a good twenty minutes or so then, and uh, I thought he was really good. Very unlucky not to find a Wobie with that pass, wasn't he? Or if he just found him, that would have been a goal. Yeah, um, just very close to, to, to that becoming an equaliser there. Um, looked very good. At, uh, I'd, 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 I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to see what we get from like an hour out of him rather than having to come on and chase chase the game. If he can come on, start the game. Yeah, I mean at, at nil nil rather than having to come on and chase. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd like that. I'd like to see that um, over to Frank as to how he accommodates him. But it's all the press, so. though, isn't it? He's not the sort of person who will lead a press like a Wobi does. I mean, a Wobi's energy um, for the kind of way that we're that we're needing to play right now is almost indispensable. Um, you know, he's mm. not much of a tackler, but he's but he's a presence and he's forcing forcing teams back and forcing mistakes. And that's that's just not Delhi Ali, unfortunately. And that that's. That's why it makes sense that we've not seen as much, I think, to this point, and that he, that he is being used off the bench. Um, but whether that changes going forward, I guess we'll see. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, well, maybe he's a false nine. I don't know. It's an option. Put the Charles and the ones the flanks is could one option. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I think you know, if if you need a Wobi there, I think um, Damari Gray is obviously the one that you would could dispense with and have um, Dali Ali because his. Um, his blocking tackle that he made was it against Leicester, I think. The Gray made that. That notwithstanding, I mean, he's 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 a, 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 obviously a threat with his pace, but in terms of the press and, and, and from a defensive standpoint, there's not much difference between him and and, and Deli Ali. I wouldn't have thought. And Ali's obviously bigger and stronger, um, and <laughs> Buck got a bit more dick niggle about him. Yeah. And he's got that composure as well. Like like like, like you say, mm-hmm. he's happy to receive the ball, but you do get that feeling that. You know what? What what we have really missed? We, we we've missed goals, obviously, but we've we've missed that composure. I think you know, for all that harrying and chasing and pressing, um, for those moments where you get, sometimes you do just need that cool ahead to like get on it and sort of you know sort of sl- slip that pass in, um, pick the right option. You know, there are a few times where you know maybe you know the right pass wasn't taken. You know, or, or you know if the likes of even the Corey when he goes through, if he sort of like checks back a little and sees a Wobi making that run. Rather than having to go early, not not having to go at him because he sort of you know sprinted the length of the pitch and you know still got a shot away, which is you know something um, the game on Sunday. But I think yeah, having having someone like that around there as, as a false nine, that, that that could be a way of sort of dealing with that. Um, you know, in a, well, I say a similar way to what we did with uh, Kale in a Moy side. I guess it's obviously a very different type of player, but still someone with that kind of movement and who you would kind of fancy if they got a chance um but obviously we, we've not seen enough of him we don't really we don't really know i mean obviously 
you know, Lampard and the coaching staff has, you know, seen in training and um and as you say, Lyndon, the way we're playing doesn't necessarily suit him. But it, it would be nice to try and accommodate him when we've got this massive run of games where um we we need goals. We need goals and Gray's kind of lost that little, you know, purple patch he was in. Um it won't be got the goal against Newcastle, but I, you know, I don't think that's the role he's playing at the minute in terms of getting on the end of things. Um, Richarlison still a little hit and miss. So trying someone different there. Yeah, probably need to figure out a different option because if you look at our like last however many goals, I think since the Iwobi goal, I think they've all been deflected mm-hmm. or penalties. You know what I mean? So it's certainly it's something we're struggling with, isn't it? Um you never know, though. It could just change, couldn't it? You could just get that right pass in one game. That's kind of all it takes to sort of make things click a little bit. You know what I mean? It's, you know, I'm comfortable with how we're playing and how we're trying. And, you know, we're doing the right things. And hopefully it just comes good. And, yeah, I'm glad, the, glad the streets suck a few suck a few in for us, hopefully. And, you know, like, <laughs> they're someone much more famous than I once said. So, uh, yeah, that's, um, yeah, let's stick with them. See what they, see what they can do. Yeah. Well, on the theme of uh, difference makers and um, players who can who can come into the side, uh, leads us on to our weekly question. And this week, uh, this was from Adam, who asked if you could have any past player for the season run-in, who would it be? I think I've uh, just teed myself up nicely with all this talk about how I'm struggling to score goals. Good, I just bang Wamalu Lukaku in there, and then that would probably be it. it was saved, I think that would probably be <laughs> that would probably be that would sort it out. Um, yeah, obviously it's, um, yeah, you, I, I imagine you think that you, you probably think of players who will roll their sleeves up and fight when the going gets tough. And there's plenty of other characters you could think of who, who would, who would be useful, um, for us now in that regard. But yeah, I'd say if what we're missing right now is goals, then, um, Lukaku was just an outstanding goal scorer for us. And, uh, if we had him up there with Richarlison around and, you know, play Ali when you want then. Could you imagine? Yeah, I mean, Could you imagine? Yeah, exactly. You know, a player who well, can create yeah. his own goals and score from pretty much anywhere if he wanted to, you know, it's, uh, yeah. that, would, that yeah. would be very useful. Mm. Mm. It's hard to believe when we, when we, when we, um, when he left Everton that we, you'd never thought that was, that would be his best Premier League years, would you? Yeah. Them, them, uh, mm. How long was he at Everton? Three, four years? Yeah, Three something years, like that. Like. Three years, yeah. So, I think we went to Man United. Think, oh, blimey, he's going to kick on there. Then when he came back to Chelsea, thought it's, it's it's amazing, really, isn't it? But uh, so I guess we should be grateful for what we got with, with Lukaku. Uh, but yeah, I'd take him right now, and then uh, all problems would go away. I'm pretty sure. That was going to be mine. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, partly as well, just because of the the fact, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be coming to Goodison on Sunday, whether it, whether he plays or not. It's another thing. Obviously, it's not it's not really. Worked out for him this move, which yeah, arguably the Manchester United moved in. Um, he had a nice spell at Inter in the middle, but I mean, you know, the transfer fees between that show you the sort of level of player that we had. Um, and on his day, yeah, unplayable. And it, you, you just know he he'd sort of score our way out of trouble. I think uh, he, he was such a handful, and I, I think occupying defenders in that that part of the pitch, you know, particularly like you know the game we just had. Um. Yeah, we 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 really really do miss that. Um, I think I think you said a couple of weeks ago, Lyndon, but like you know our top scorer, you know, being Andros Townsend, you know, which you know isn't a slight against him because before the injury, you know, it's a, a good little buy, mm-hmm. but it's 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 not yeah. it's not what you expected. And you look at the the goals that have been taken out the side uh, last year for various reasons. Um, bringing someone in who you can 
almost guarantee he's just going to, you know, score if not every game and every other game. Um, it would be nice. I guess, I guess the alternative would be someone, someone like a Tim Cale for the same sort of reason. But I guess with a little bit more of that kind of art on his sleeve, sort of, um, you know, endeavour that I feel would would gel nicely with the kind of side we've got at the minute. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say Big Rom. Yeah, Tim Cahill was my second choice, just because you say that 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 kind of never say die attitude, that that constant commitment. He's, I mean, he's really what you need, and we have, we actually do have that with you know with the likes of Anthony Gordon in the side. Um, so my, my choice um, was actually <laughs> bringing back Kevin Campbell for his for another <laughs> another season saving uh, season saving cameo. Um, I mean, the, Lukaku is a strong one because in our particular situation, as I said before, you need someone who can actually just, rather than a, just simply just a finisher, which obviously Campbell was much more of, um, you know, you, you want someone who can create their own goals um, and, and, and sort of bully defenders in a way that, that Lukaku did. Um, so he's, yeah, he's he's an excellent shout. But uh, yeah, beyond him, um, you know, just memories of how Kevin Campbell came in and, and just almost single-handedly saved us. God, we could do with something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, again this season, so yeah, still a chance for someone to do it. Though. I think that's the thing. There's there's enough games left to play, you know, and whether it will be, you know, individuals in games, <laughs> it might be. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> Watch this face. <laughs> um, but I think um, you know whether it is just so sort of individual moments, like you know, Wobi Wobi's goal against Newcastle, and other people stepping up to a plate, or. You know, whether it is a like, so, you know, Richarlison just suddenly getting the bit between his teeth and, you know, sort of, you know, scoring away out of trouble. You know, there's, there's, there's still plenty of football left to be played. And that's, that's you know, that's, again, hope it kills you. But um, there's, there's still a chance for someone to write their name, name into the history books. And, yeah. yeah, that's true. All right. Well, we'll see what happens on uh, on Sunday. Fingers crossed we can pick up the three points because that absolutely would be would be huge. Um, so hopefully that's what we'll be talking about in a week's time when we come back. Uh, thanks again to Paul and to Adam and to everyone for listening. And um, we will speak to you next week. Until then, take care. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.